This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. We're releasing our faith to open up our mind, our heart, to receive the engrafted Word of God that has power to change our life. We welcome your direction, your insight. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, did you get something out of the first session? First part. And it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, that you may be able, that you may be able, you're able, you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil, to stand, stenea, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now notice this word against. Everybody say against. Now, any time that God says something one time, it's very important. But when he says something twice, it's very important. Remember when he called out to Paul. He said, Paul, or Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? When he called out to Moses, 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 he called him twice, right? Very important. When he says it three times, very important. But four times, he's saying, pay attention. The word against comes from a Greek word pros, P-R-O-S, which means to have side by side or face to face. It's, it's in John chapter 1 where it says, in the beginning uh, the word was God, the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was God, remember that, remember that uh, John 1.1? 1, 1? That word with is the same word pros. And so right here Paul is saying it's very important that you realize you're able, say I'm able. Now remember he said, finally my brethren, that we're seeing ourselves from a different perspective. The same way that he had his arm around the, the warriors, he has his arm around uh, you and I saying, we're cut from the same cloth. We think when, we believe when, we speak when, no matter how tough it gets, we win. And it says that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against pros. Pros means eyeball to eyeball. It, it, when it was talking about in John chapter 1 that the father and the son were so intimate that the father could feel the breath of his son on his face, and he's saying there's coming a time that you're going to be eyeball to eyeball with evil. You're going to have confrontation with evil. Has anybody ever had an evil day? Have you ever had something bad come against you? I think every one of us, we could take our shoes off and put up our feet and our toes, Right? But it says we're able, we're able to stand, the word stand, stanea, to keep our shoulders back, our head held high, able to stand because you know the end result is victory. God wants us to win. Say, God wants me to win. To stand against the wiles of the devil. What is, what is wiles? That isn't something that we talk about or we don't use that in our vocabulary, Right? But it comes from, it's a compound Greek word, and it's, it's the word methodus. It's where we get our word method. And it comes from two words, meta and odus. Odus is where we get our word odometer, like you have in your car. It counts, track, keeps track of the road. So you combine these, and it's the word methodus, the, the methods of the devil. It paints a picture of a road, and a road goes somewhere... 
And he's saying that we have the armor of God to stand eyeball to eyeball against the method of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, it says, Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. The word devices comes from a Greek word nomada, and it means to play mind games. So when Paul is pointing out the wiles of the devil, the devices of the devil, and he says, you and I, we have what it takes. Say, I have what it takes. takes. To stand eyeball to eyeball. That's very excellent, but you didn't have to repeat it, but that's good. (laughs) Eyeball to eyeball against the wiles of the devil, the devices of the devil. Painting a picture that the road is going somewhere and this road is going to the mind because the mind is the control center of the life. Whoever gets the mind gets the life. So he says, you have what it takes knowing there's a road going somewhere. And on this road, it paints the idea that the enemy is carrying ideas that are very crafty and very cunning. And on this road is traveling the ideas of lying. That's what he is. He is a liar, right? John chapter 8, verse 44. He is a liar. John chapter 10, verse 10. His plan every day is how can I kill? How can I steal? How can I destroy? That's what he does. And he is going to travel on a road. Where's the road going? The road is going to the the mind. Now the word devil. So we have, and if you're taking notes, please write this down. You have the wiles. You have devices. The word devil in itself. The wiles of the devil. The word devil comes from a Greek word, diablos. We've probably heard that before. It comes from two words, dia and balos. And dia means to continually penetrate where balos is like a ball or a rock. So it's painting, it's, it's, it's writing out more of a job description of the enemy. That you and I have what it takes whenever the devil picks up that ball or that rock or that lie. That's what he is, is a liar. And he begins to throw it. To penetrate your thinking, he is going to continue over and over again because that's what he does. But you've got to know that you have what it takes to shut down the continual penetration of the lies coming to your mind. What do these lies look like that the devil, Diabolos, is continually trying to penetrate? But you're not going to make it. That same disease that your dad died of, you're going to die of the same thing. That same lack that your family went through, you're going to go through the same thing. There's no way your finances are going to turn around. You see the lies, and he just doesn't do it one time. What does he do? He over and over and over, he penetrates. He wants to penetrate your thinking because if he penetrates your thinking, he gets your believing. And if he gets your believing, he gets your emotions. He gets your emotions. He takes over your life. So you see the wiles. And you see the devices. And you see the job description of the devil. And you have what it takes to win. Which eventually leads to deception. So if I don't shut down the lies on this road that are headed somewhere. I eventually begin to, if he continues to penetrate, I begin to believe those lies. Now what is a lie becomes a reality. Because I allowed the devil to penetrate my thinking. And now I believe that the lie is real. And now it becomes my reality.
What has been traveling on the road to your mind? What has been traveling on the road to your mind? It's time to have a sign on your mind when the devil shows back up. Road closed. Road closed. Let's look at another word. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The word oppression comes from a word that paints a picture of a tyrant. Of an evil king that is going to make you and tell you what you're going to eat. And he is going to tell you how much money you're going to have. And he's going to tell you what your future looks like. And he's going to tell you where you're going to go. And he's going to tell you what you're going to do. He is an evil tyrant that takes over your life. And he lets you know what your future looks like. If you don't stand against the wiles and the devices and what the devil does over and over again... Oppression begins to set in because now you believe what he said is your reality that this is the future I must have. That if dad and mom couldn't, then I can. If uncle Ding Dong and Aunt Boo Boo can't, then I can. And when we believe the lie, then oppression begins to take over. And now he is in control of our life instead of God himself. This is why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want us to look over there to the left of where we're at. This is why Paul writes to us, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons... What weapons? Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, this, this word warfare, I want you to picture... What, what, what this word paints a picture of, that these are our warriors that whenever there was a battle on, they weren't the guys at the back hunkered down, oh, I hope I don't get hit. Oh gosh, I hope I don't get hit. You got your shield up, man. Oh, come on. No, these were the guys when the war was on, they were the first ones. I don't just want in the battle, I want on the front lines. I, I, want, I want to take back what, what the devil has stolen. I, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. Mighty, the same word, mighty, the arm and hand of God. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What, what does a stronghold look like? The word stronghold in itself is the word that means a fortress and it also means a prison. And, and, a, and a fortress is the enemy. Now picture, just stay with me here. There's a road going somewhere. Where is it headed? Towards the mind. The devil wants to be on that road to your mind of lying, of craftiness, of, of just filth. If you can't, you're not. All the, all the mess. You can just go down the line, right? But Paul says, you've got what it takes. Say, I have what it takes. To pull down the strongholds. Because these strongholds that could be built in our mind, yes, a fortress keeps, keeps people out. It keeps the enemy out. You, you picture a king lives in a fortress. It, it keeps people out, but it also, this word means a prison. And what does a prison do? It keeps people in. So if the enemy has traveled on your mind, maybe your upbringing, we didn't know any better. All of us had strongholds we got to bring down. 
He's got into your mind, so now you have this big wall that keeps truth out, and now you think through this stronghold that everybody is against me, and everybody's going to hurt me, and I'll never have, and I can't do, and, and this is the fortress. And he says, you have what it takes to pull down the stronghold, because if you pull down the stronghold, what happens? It comes down, now the real you can come out. Because a prison keeps you in, but when you bring the stronghold down, now where the prison was to hold you in and keep people out, you bring it down. Now the real you can step out. Now the real you can, whenever instead of the lie being the fortress, now the truth is coming. You're connecting your mind to the truth, and it pulls the stronghold down, pulls the prison bars down. And now instead of you seeing yourself sick, you step out and see yourself healed. Instead of you seeing yourself broke, now it's down, and now you see yourself blessed. Instead of, instead of you seeing yourself defeated, now it's down, now you see yourself victorious. He says, you have what it takes to pull it down. To pull it down. To pull down the strongholds. Casting down arguments or imaginations. There's two types of imaginations. Two types of thinking. There's rational thinking and irrational thinking. And it's very important to think rationally. It's the sound mind is a, is a gift from God. To think, think things through. But please here, because I know some of you are wired this way. You want to make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed. That's very important to do that type of stuff. But don't let what you see, your rational thinking, talk you out of God's will for your life. Because what God has for your life, it won't make sense a lot of times on paper. And if you think everything has to make sense, we always got to remember God's word did not come to make sense. It came to make faith. Right? It comes to make faith. When God speaks, the faith is there for us to do. When God tells us to love, the faith is there to do, to love. When God tells us to forgive, we say, I can't forgive that person. When God commands us to forgive, the power is present for us to do what he's asking us to do. Okay? So you see right here, he says, okay, rational thinking is, okay, this makes sense, this makes sense. Okay, okay, it doesn't make sense, I'm not doing it. No, don't allow your rational thinking to talk you out of God's will for your life. Irrational thinking. This is the fear of rejection that continually tries to penetrate your thinking. This is the fear of disease that continually tries to penetrate your thinking. This is the fear of failure that continually tries to penetrate your thinking. The devil, Diabolos, he is trying to continually throw these negative thoughts to get you to, to think on them and believe them so they become your reality. Now notice he says, you have what it takes. So I have what it takes. To pull down strongholds, to cast down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. This word captivity is like a man who has a spear. And that every thought you're going to like put a spear in its back. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, you are going to, on purpose, bring your thinking in alignment unto the obedience of Christ. In other words, you are going to make your mind think on the truth instead of thinking on the lie. You have what it takes. He didn't say bring the devil into captivity. He said bring your, 
bring your mind, your thoughts, your thinking into captivity. Bring them into alignment to the obedience of Christ. The word obedience is where we get our words acoustic from. Like the acoustic board, the acoustic panel. In other words, you're going to on purpose bring your mind over and tell it you are going to think in alignment with the word of God. You're not going to think on what you can't do. You're going to think on what you can do. You're not going to think on the curse. You're going to think on the blessing. You're not going to think on lack. You're going to think on prosperity. You're not going to think on the doctor's report. You're going to think on by his stripes I am healed. You're going to bring your thinking into alignment with what God said. He says you have what it takes. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. How do you think when it comes to your family? How do you think when it comes to your finances? How do you think when it comes to your destiny? Bring it into captivity. Into the obedience of Christ. He says you have what it takes. I have what it takes. Go back to Ephesians 6. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we have the armor. In other words, we have the ability to stand against the wiles, the devices, the deception, the oppression. We have what it takes to pull down those fortresses that we've put up, thinking it's going to keep us safe. But we're going to pull it down and the real us is going to step out. That we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. We are redeemed. We are blessed. We are healed. We are whole. We are victorious. He says, because you're going to need this armor to stand. Stenea, shoulders back, head high. Looking over that sphere of influence you're called to. And to stand against pros, P-R-O-S, against eyeball to eyeball against the enemy Knowing you have what it takes to win. Knowing you have what it takes to win. My brethren, you're cut from a different cloth. You have what it takes to win. It says against, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This word wrestle comes from a a Greek word palea. And it's where they get the word palestria like a big stadium. And in in this stadium, uh, morning, noon, and night, there were boxers, there were restless, and they were what they called pancreatists. And these were guys that they trained with a no-rule mentality. And these boxers, they had gloves, and they had metal on the gloves, and wire wrapped around the gloves, and, 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 and the pancreatus, they, were, they, they would reach in there and grab them and just flip them over backwards and snap their back. And I mean, there was just, there was no rules. And he says, you got to understand who you're fighting, that the devil fights with no rules. But you have what it takes to stand, stenea, and look eyeball to eyeball against that doctor's report, against what your family is saying, against what the economy is saying, eyeball to eyeball. No rules, but with this in mind, you are created to win. You are destined to win. You think when you believe, when you speak, when you walk, when you talk, when, when you pray, you pray knowing you win. It says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against, pros, eyeball to eyeball, against, verse 12, principalities. Principalities comes from a Greek word, archos. And these are principalities who have held the loftiest positions since the ancient times. These are are demonic powers that have held the highest rule and rank. See, a lot of times we have a mentality that when the devil fell, he became stupid. And we call him stupid and we call him all these names, but in reality, he was very brilliant. 
he was the, the, the most beautiful angel, very brilliant. So whenever he fell, he didn't lose his intelligence. And he knows that he is no match for the Most High God. But he also knows that he is a match to someone who doesn't know who they are in Christ. That's why Paul says, you be strong in the Lord. Because when we're strong in him, the devil's no match for us. And Paul is saying, you've got to realize that you're fighting somebody who he doesn't play with rules. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can't keep you from going into a relationship with God, if he can't keep you in the kingdom of darkness, now when you call upon the name of Jesus and you come in to the kingdom of God, now he looks for the unrenewed area of your mind. And he starts going after that unrenewed area that is still not submitted or still not renewed to the word of God because he's very territorial. Just like God is territorial, Satan is very territorial. And if he can get that one area that is not surrendered and not renewed and he begins to, to, to penetrate the lies and he begins to throw it over and over again. Yeah, you said you were delivered, but you're hooked again. You're an addict. Once an addict, always an addict. And he begins to penetrate and begins to throw. Why? To take over that small area because if he gets this area, then he takes over this area. And then he takes over that area. But Paul is saying, you realize that you've got what it takes. Don't let him have any area. And he says that you, you, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against pros, principalities, the highest, loftiest. There's going to come a time when they are ticked at you and they're going to try to stop you from doing what you're created to do. He goes on and he says against powers. Powers comes from a, a Greek word, exousia, which means delegated authority uh, to do all manner of evil. And I'm just going to touch on these real quick. And then it says against the rulers of the darkness... Of this age. Now, this comes from um, a Greek word, cosmos crateris, and this this is like a raw raw energy, or like a, a a young man in the military that's just full of zeal and and just full of life, and just put me in, coach. And and so they said, okay, man, I, I like the enthusiasm. We can work with that. But they bring it under submission, and they put it into alignment where he learns how to follow order because they don't want him to be a loose cannon going here and doing that and doing this. Now, thank you, him, him talking about the kingdom of darkness like this, that if the kingdom of darkness has rank, order, and authority, and the kingdom of darkness is very disciplined and very committed what makes us think that we can live uncommitted and undisciplined and we're going to do it our own way and do whatever we want and we're going to walk in greater power than Him? That's why it's very important for us to understand there is structure in the kingdom of God just like there is structure in the kingdom of darkness. And the more you can get a hold of that and understand there is a way that God's going to do things, it sets you free and it gives you confidence and boldness no matter what you face. And he says there's, there's coming a time that you're going to have to wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, their assignment is to just kill, steal, and destroy every one of them. They're wanting to take the church out. They hate us as believers. They hate the word of God. They hate anything that God represents. But you've got to understand you have what it takes to win. Like I said a while ago, I know a lot of people don't like talking about the different things, but we've got to know our enemy just like we've, we've got to know the way that he operates. Paul says, don't you be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. 
That isn't to create fear. That's to create faith in your heart that you have what it takes to overcome any assignment against you and your family. And he goes on to say in verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, girding your waist with truth. And I'm just going to touch on... Now, remember, Paul says, you have what it takes. Remember, uh, wiles of the devil, the, the devices of the devil, the oppression, uh, the devil himself, the way, way that he's going to operate. You have what it takes to win. I say, I have what it takes to win. Paul says that, that our warfare, our weapons, they're mighty in God. Well, what do our weapons look like? And he starts, notice he doesn't start with the shirt. He doesn't start with the jacket. He doesn't start with, you know, the helmet. He doesn't start, he starts with the belt. You know, if I go into a room and I see Chico, you know, dressed night, I'd probably say, man, that's a nice shirt that you got on, you know, man. That's nice. Or look at the jacket he has on. I want to say, man, babe, did you see his belt? You know, or women, you don't go in somewhere and say, man, you know, look at her, look at her blouse, look at her shoes. I've never been a woman, so I don't know, but you know what you would say. You probably wouldn't start with the belt, right? But here, here is Paul attached to this Roman soldier, and the Holy Spirit points him to the belt. And Paul says it's very important for you to understand to gird your, your waist with the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? The belt of truth is the Word of God. This is the only weapon that has come from the unseen into the seen. And why would he start with this? Because he knows that if you take off your belt, eventually where you ran with precision and you ran with your race with accuracy, your bridges were up and they were tight. If you take your belt off, eventually they're going to get loose and instead of running precise, then you're going to have to kind of start spreading out your strides a little bit to keep your, keep your drawers up, right? Because they're getting baggy and loose. Are you with me? He knows that if you don't have your, your, bre- your, your belt of truth on, that this breastplate, that at one time you knew you were the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, without the belt, it'll begin to flap and it'll begin to move and eventually it could come off when you're running in your race. Or the, if you don't have the belt of truth off, on one side, um, it, it has a place where you could hang your shield of faith and on this side you could hang your sword of the Spirit on the belt of truth. See, the belt of truth, the Word of God, is connected to your shield of faith. It's connected to your sword of the Spirit. The, the belt of truth also protected the reproductive organs of the man. Why? Because he knew when he went in battle, he wanted to be able to produce when he got through with battle. When you are connected to the Word of God, you will reproduce God's will on earth as it is in heaven. You will be very productive for the kingdom of God. He says, so you've got what it takes, but you've got to keep your belt on because if you stay connected to your belt, your shield is going to stay right. Your sword is going to fit right. Your shoes are going to fit right. Your breastplate, it's going to be right in its place. And your helmet, it's going to be straight. So what is he saying? Stay daily with your belt of truth on. Stay daily in relationship with the word of God. And he goes on i got to find my place here. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate of righteousness, it, uh, if you haven't heard my wife, she did a teaching a couple weeks ago, phenomenal, on uh, righteousness, that you can go to the ministry page and her page or my page and look, look at that. It, it was great. But the breastplate of righteousness is when they came into the, the, the army, 
this breastplate of righteousness, it protected the front and the back. And it went from, you know, right underneath the chin all the way to the top parts of the knees. And it protected them whenever they were in battle. It protected their, their heart. It protected their sides. It protected them. When you stay in relationship with the Word... It keeps your breastplate in place that now, instead of wondering if you belong in the presence of God, you know you belong in the presence of God. You know that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open unto their cry. You know that it is you walk into the throne room confidently and boldly because you've got your belt on and your breastplate on. And no matter who you are facing, you walk into a dark situation, their, their breastplates were designed like scales, like fish scales and stuff. And whenever the sun would hit it, it would shine light into the dark places when you stay connected with the belt of truth and your breastplate stays in place you can walk right into any situation knowing who you are in Christ Jesus knowing you are in right standing with God and it goes on and it says having your shoes your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace whenever you stay in the word of God you stay connected to the word of God you stay in peace. You can be walking through hell, but stay in peace on the inside. The shoes of peace, there were two, two parts to these shoes. And, 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 and it, it started at, at above the knees and it would go down and they were metal all the way down the legs. And it sat on top of the shoes. And the reason they had the metal around the legs is because their commanding officers would give them assignments at times. That they would have to walk through some very thorny areas. And if these thorns began to lacerate their legs and, and they didn't have their, their shoes uh, put on their feet and the enemy saw their legs bleeding, what they were standing on bruised, what they were standing on as weak, they would go after their legs, drop them to their knees and take their head off. And where's the enemy after? Your thinking. But when you stay connected to the Word of God and your shoes of peace are on, you can walk through very difficult situations that are intended to take what you're standing on out, but you get up on the battlefield and you're not bleeding one drop of blood. Your legs are strong and you can be who you're created to be. Your shoes of peace. The bottom of these shoes, they were fit. They were very snug on their feet and some of them had an inch spike. Some of them had three inch spikes and they could hear them coming. And they were trained as soldiers that if anybody gets in your way, you don't say, well, excuse me, could you move out of the way, please? No, they were trained that if anybody gets in your ways, you just mow them right over. Because you know who you are, you know where you're going, you know what you're created to do. And these spikes were so deep whenever they'd get on the battlefield and they would stand, they would plant their legs um, in the ground there, their, their feet in the ground, those spikes and the enemy would come after them to hit them and they might get rocked back but whenever they came forward they were going to come with all they had. You've heard the saying they're coming from way down south. Because they had their shoes of peace. When you stay anchored in the word of God you can be in the middle of the biggest storm and you are planted but when you come back you're going to come back with faith. You're going to come back with victory. You're going to come back with precision. Why? Because your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When you stay connected to the Word of God, remember Paul saying, you've got what it takes, keep your belt on. You've got what it takes, keep your breastplate on. You've got what it takes, keep your feet tightly gripped with the Word of God. In the Amplified, it says, firm-footed stability. That no matter what you go through, it might be taking slow steps, but when you step, you're stepping on purpose. 
And when you step, you're stepping in confidence that this is who I am. Devil, you can't take me out. You won't take me out. I will go everywhere I'm created to go. I will do everything I'm created to do because my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you with me? Just a little bit longer. Stay with me. You're doing great. Verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Did y'all tell y'all's kids to do that? Hey, when he gets a bit going a little bit long, you just lay on the horn, okay? I'm just kidding. You're like, no, I just got busted, really. That was me. Verse 16, it says, it's above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, this is very important. This is one of my favorite when it's talking about the armor, taking the shield of faith. Because when he's talking about the shield of faith, once again, remember, it, it's connected to the belt of truth. It's connected to the word of God. And when they came in to the army, they measured them, the height and the width. And these shields of faith were given to them. Just like when you come into the family of God, you're given the exact measure. Y'all stay focused. The measure of faith to do what you're called and created to do. I don't have your faith and you don't have my faith because I'm not called to what you're called to and you're not called to what I'm called to, but you have what it takes. You have the shield. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all means I'm going to lift the word in front of everything that I'm doing. The shield of faith does not belong beside me or behind me. My faith belongs out in front of me, lifting up over my family, lifting up over my business, lifting up over my calling. You have what it takes. And these shields, they were, they were layered, six, six layers of animal skin. And, and, a, and a trained warrior, it was just his habit that he would get up in the morning and he would take the oil, very interesting, the oil, and he would rub his shield. Because if he didn't keep that shield rubbed and lubricated with the oil, when he got out on battle and pressure hit that shield, it would obliterate it because it got hard and brittle. It wasn't flexible and pliable. But when he kept it rubbed in the oil, when you're spending time in the Word and you're allowing the oil of the Holy Spirit to saturate you, when you lift up your shield, it is ready for battle. And not only would they rub it with oil, but before they went on the battlefield, and I want you to picture this, they thought when, they believed when, they talked when. They had the mental preparation. When I step on the battlefield, I'm coming out victorious. And they would dip their shield in water. The water of the word. And they would pick it up. Why would they do that? Because when they lifted up their shield of faith and it was lubricated with oil and it was soaked in the water when the fiery dart of the wicked one would be shot at them, it would quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The word of God saturating your thinking and saturating your life. When you pick up that word and you start to declare it out of your mouth. When the enemy comes at you, see the, the dart that Paul was talking about. There were three different types during this time. And there was the, the regular arrow like you and I would shoot in nowadays. You know, that yeah, yeah it might hurt a little bit, but you know, you're going to live through it. And then there would be another kind of, of arrow that they would dip in tar and they'd light it on fire and whoosh. And you could see this, see this dark coming. And whenever it would hit something, it would, it would ignite it and it would you know, bring some destruction. But the type that Paul is talking about, the third type, it looked like a normal arrow. But in the shaft, it was full of combustible fluid. So whenever it hit, it just looked like a regular arrow. But boom! 
It was the bomb of that day and it would ignite and it would blow up whatever it came in contact with. And this is the arrow that Paul is talking about. When the enemy is looking at your life, he is firing an arrow. Not intent to hurt you, not intended just to, well, bless the Lord, that hurt a little bit. No, he wants to kill you. He wants to take you out. And Paul says, if you keep that shield of faith anointed with oil and you keep that shield soaked in the word of God, then no matter what arrow he fires at you, it will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So as we stay with our belt of truth on, we know that this breastplate, that's that's good hands right there, thank you Lord. (laughs) We keep our right standing with God. We we know we're not righteous because we feel righteous. You begin to know that you're righteous because of Jesus and because of the word. You, you, you're not moved by how you feel. You know, you, but, but there's a sense there that you belong in the presence of God. When you stay with the word and you stay keeping your feet shod, you know that no matter what battle you get into, those spikes are going to dig down and you have what it takes on the inside that I don't care how long I have to stand, I'm going to stand there for. And then you come up and you pick up your shield. And when you pick up your shield... It's on faith and it's anointed by the Spirit of God and, and, and it's dipped in the water of the washing of the water of the Word. So when you pick it up, the fiery darts are going out in your life. And he goes on to say, well, there goes my place again. I was, Ephesians 6. And it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. Now think with me, this helmet... You know, it isn't like when you were a little boy and you used to stick your dad's hat on. Did you ever do that? I remember when I did. And I'd, you know, you'd do this and you'd just wobble on your head. You know, you turn. Even now, since I don't have hair, in the winter times, my felt hat's on. I don't know about you, Pastor Jackie, but if I get to sweating and stuff, it'll just go sideways because there's nothing to... But he's talking about a helmet of salvation. He's talking about the knowledge of your salvation being wrapped so tightly around your mind. Because these helmets, they were very noticeable and they would protect their jaws and they would protect their their neck. And because the enemy would come with a battle axe and his idea was if he could get your head, he he would take you down. Just like the enemy, if he can get your mind, he can take the rest of your life down. But when you have the helmet of salvation on and you're continually growing in the knowledge of the Word, of God and you see that you are redeemed and you see that you are forgiven and you see that you're healed and you see that you're blessed and you see that you're victorious and you see that you're a warrior and you're walking in that word you're tightening that helmet and it don't matter how many whacks he begins to take at your head trying to get you not to believe that you're redeemed to get you to not believe that you're blessed he wants to keep penetrating remember uh, the Diablo throwing until he penetrates and he gets your thinking because he knows if he gets your thinking he gets your life But if you keep reading the word and accepting the word and acting on the word, that helmet is tight and it don't matter what you face. You're not thinking, well, bless God. Did God do this? Did the devil do this? Did No, you know God is good and he's good all the time, period. And you begin to have that helmet of salvation. The word salvation is soteria, the word sozo. And it, it means that you begin to think like a saved person. How does a saved person think? Think with me. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power, love, sound mind. How does a sound, sound, whole, 
mind think? How does a healed mind think? How does a prosperous mind think? How does a renewed mind think? When? But when we renew our mind, remember, anytime you see the prefix re, re in front of something, it always means to bring it back to the original. So when you are reborn, you come from the kingdom of darkness, and now you're brought back to the place to be who you're originally created to be. And then he says, now renew your mind, bring your mind back to the place where it's created to think, and your mind is created to think sound. Your mind is created to think healed. Your mind is created to think blessed. Your mind is created to think when. This is what happens when you have your helmet of salvation on that you begin to think like a saved person. And he goes on to say, in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, this is different from just the belt of truth. The belt of truth is the Logos Word of God. It's the written Word of God. It's you're learning the Word of God. You're knowing the Word of God. You're applying the Word of God. But the sword of the Spirit, these swords, they had some that were long and they had some that were wide. But this specific sword that he's talking about was about 19 inches long and it had a little tip at the end of it. So whenever they remember pros, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's coming a time when you're going to be eyeball to eyeball you're up close and personal and this sword was meant to come off the belt of truth the logos written word of God to now a rhema word of God a specific word for your life a quickened word for your life so when you're up close and personal you stick it right in the gut of the enemy and you pull up and he is defeated so it's a quickened word this is the written word but he said if you stay in the written word then now you're going to have the sword of the spirit a specific word to help you win in that combat But it comes from applying the written word. A lot of times people just want, I just want a word. I just I just want a word. I just want a I just want a word. I just want a word. Pastor, you got a word for me. What's it? Give me a word. Give me a word. If you'll stay in the word, he will quicken the word to give you a word to empower you to overcome in every situation of life. You have what it takes. And then he goes on talking about prayer and the different type of prayer. And, and he would refer to these as the lances on the whole armor of God. And this, they were connected to the, guess where? The belt of truth, the breastplate behind it there. And they had different size of lances. And this represents the different types of prayer. Sometimes there's the prayer of faith or the prayer of authority or the prayer of consecration or the prayer of thanksgiving. These lances were designed at different lengths. And some of them they'd have to screw together because they were designed to take the enemy out from a long distance. When you are sensitive and you're asking, Lord, how do I pray? You can take the enemy out at long distance. But it comes... With keeping in connection to the belt of truth. You have what it takes. There's a, there's a road that the enemy's traveling on. But I believe after today when he gets to this road. He's going to see the sign that says road closed. Because you realize I have what it takes to pull down. That wrong thinking to cast down that imagination. I'm going to take my spirit. I'm going to bring my mind into obedience to what the word of God says. And I think when. I believe when. I talk when. I speak when. I have what it takes. I am dressed to win in life. 